When we said this could be the best Asher series since 2005, we really, really meant it. The first test lived up to the billing, an absolute thriller. Ebbed and flowed right throughout, and it lived up to the billing. It really did. Shaba here from Crickblog, a very happy Australia fan uh, today. Um, I've had a couple of days to digest what was a, a great win alongside my co-host Nash. How are you, mate? Good. I'll say Australia fans. Um, don't forget, I'm I'm supporting Australia as well. Yeah, um, of course. In this series, I will, that's right. I will say, I'll rightly say, Cumball has won oh, over basketball. Basketball. Uh, that is the first time I've used this word in my life, basketball, because it <laughs> just feels good. It don't just say. feels good to use it at this don't point. S- but don't say the other one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it's what everyone's reporting. It's what everyone's reporting. Um, oh. And it truly was, you know, what a performance from the captain himself. He's yeah. leading from the front in the yeah. first test match of the series. Um, if, yep. you know, he stuck it out, he came when, like, Australia needing, like, 70, 72 runs. Um, yeah. And, and, and you know, saw to it that he was there till the end. He hit the winning mm. runs as well. Super Fantastic. performance from Australia. You know, all throughout, you know, they, they were... They were really uh, up there in the in the bowling as well in the second innings. Uh, mm. They they did their best to keep Australia down in the first innings. Although you know, obviously Ben Stokes' strict declaration helped yes. a lot. We'll talk about that. And that's a, that's a perfect segue to our first point of the day, which uh, you want to you have some thoughts, I I believe. Yes. So I thought what we'd do in this episode is we we discuss some very uh, important talking points from the test. Um, one of them being, right off the bat, is England's declaration. Uh, I'm interested to get your thoughts. But for me, as an Australian fan, I was watching it at the time and I'm like, thank you. Thank you for declaring because you've left at least, I'd, I would have said at the time they could have got 450. The way Joe Root was going and Ollie Robinson was looking solid as, he didn't look like getting out at that point. And Australia looked a little bit... Uh, Worse for wear at the end of the day, lots of running, lots of chasing yep. at a fast run with England scoring at a fast run rate. I said, thank you. Thank you for declaring. You've just done what the opposition would rather you do. And it proved crucial in the end. What do you reckon? Yeah, it proved massive in the end, I would say. Because um, as you pointed out, they at least let 50 runs out there with Joe Root, uh, you know, still the unbeaten batsman. Yeah playing a brilliant innings as he always does, as he's done in the past two years. Yeah, definitely. I think that that was one of the key turning points for me as well in the test match. Um, you know, if 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 they would have batted again, like, you know, they England would have kept batting for another 40, 50 runs. That would have, yes, we would have, end, we might have ended the game in a draw, but, England wouldn't England wouldn't have lost. And I think that's the way England are playing now. So I think England will keep playing that way. Um they will, you know, keep backing their declarations, backing their odd sort of decisions at at, po- at at certain points. And we just have to get used to it, I suppose. It's not necessarily would have ended in a draw because it, it changes the game. So say you got 450 and England have a bigger first innings lead, they could declare sooner on the fourth day, for example. So the game changes and you adjust accordingly to what the, the game situation is. I mean, there's a couple of arguments for the declaration. The first one is, um, what was the first one here? I've got it. So there was the one where there's rain 
forecast throughout the test match. And I get that. But how many more overs would you really have taken to score another 40 or 50? <laughs> Both of those two players added 43 in 7.2 overs. So they're basically on a round and runner ball. Your best player is in on 118 and on a rampage. He's unstoppable. And the other reason was Usman Khawaja and David Warner leading into the test match. We all know, we all knew about the poor records that they have in England. So they thought, okay, let's have a crack at them and try to get one or two before stumps. But you're bowling on a pretty flat wicket and there's only four overs left. So yep. I believe they just, they had the foot on the throat a little bit and they just lifted the foot off slightly and let Australia back into the game. And just, I, I, for me, it was a sense of relief to say, I'll take that. 393 versus no wicket for 14 at the end of day one on a very yep. good batting surface. That that's all right. We can we can we can we can come back from that. Yeah, which which brings us to our second point of the day was um, Nathan Lyon and Scott Boland. Uh, how how much did they prove to be you know effective as as batters as well? Because we saw a few comments flying here and there from uh, the great Ollie Robinson, the nibbly dobbly bowler. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he essentially said. He essentially said. Um, oh no. Australia have come come to. England with three number 11s and the number 11s indeed proved to be the most effective when they wanted the winning runs and yep. couldn't get them out. So what, what are your thoughts on that? Everyone in Australia has been given it to Ollie Robinson over the past few days. I'm here to thank him. Let, let, but just let me, let me just put it out there. It's a bit rich coming from Australians. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Look, uh, say what you want, but when you, when you send <laughs> off a bloke who scored 140, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna cop a bit for it, mate. Like when you send, look, I, for me, I wasn't That's too fair. fussed. I wasn't too fussed about it, and I know Australians have done it, and I, I'm not a big fan of it. Whoever does it, but the guy scored 140. You know, you look like a bit of an idiot yeah. when you send off a guy who scored off who scored 140, and you hadn't taken a wicket yet in the innings. Back to my point about about Robinson, I'd actually thank him because I don't think Boland and Lyon. Would have scored those runs if Robertson didn't say it. <laughs> Absolutely, I reckon it fired. Absolutely, him up. it goes back. <laughs> exactly, it goes back to that Boomerah and Shami partnership a couple of years ago when um you know everyone yeah. got onto Boomerah for bowling those bounces to Anderson, which was bizarre. But coming back to this one, it was really lovely to see you know Nathan Lyon play a few shots, and he, it wasn't like Nathan Lyon was you know cautious or trying oh. to be. Just trying to just survive. He played a few good, very good. What about shots. that shot he over mid on? Oh, that was that was brilliant. That was yeah. brilliant. He played a good cover, like off drive as well. <coughs> yeah. Oh, that off drive as well was perfect. Yeah, down the ground, incredible. He looked like a man that. Yeah, he was very determined. He said, "These guys, England, look, they're playing well, and but they they're talking a lot. So we need to just you know let the bat and ball do the talking here a little bit." Um. Uh, Matty Hayden, I don't know if you saw his quote today. He absolutely ripped into Ollie Robinson. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Basically, called him a cricketer that we, he's going to, you know, be, be forgotten. He's a forgettable cricketer, and he bowls. What? What, what was he saying? One hundred and twenty-four um, nude, <laughs> nude nuts. He goes. He yep. bowls one hundred and twenty-four kilometer nude that's, nuts. That's such a <laughs> Queenslander. That's such a Queenslander's <laughs> phrase from, from um, Matthew Hayden. Now, this might be an unpopular thing. Look, I don't. I don't I, Look, Ollie Robinson, I actually rate him as a bowler. I don't I think he's got what 73 wickets at 21 so far in his test career. Um but as a bloke, 
questionable. Um, but but in terms of a bowler, in terms of a bowler, people having a go at his as his at his skill set as as a as a bowler. I go look if there's a pitch in this series that does a little bit, he'll be very uh, very 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 much a factor in that. You know, seventy something wickets at an average of twenty one is not is nothing to be sneezed at. So. But yeah, mate. When you when you send off a guy, as I said before, <clears throat> if you do it in the park, for example, you do it at grey cricket, and you send you give a send off to a guy who got one hundred and forty, people be like, get yourself together, mate. You know, particularly I thought Robinson yeah. economically was okay in the first innings, but up until that point, he didn't bowl particularly well. I thought didn't threaten too much. But then as the game went on, he got better. But um, yeah, look. I think those comments after Stumps when he said that the three number 11s, I think that really sparked something in the in the lower order. And, and Boland's contribution, you know, we can't underestimate that because when he came in, Steve Smith had just got out. Australia lost three quick wickets on on uh, on the uh, what was it, the fourth evening, and he sort of stood firm, batted a bit of time in the morning as well, put on thirty odd with with Kawaja, and that was very very important. So, well done to those boys; they did very well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it looks like, at least on the cricket field, New South Welshmen have got a lot going on for them. Um, I'm sorry, I'm referring to the state of origin if you followed that, but... Um... I, I certainly did, man. And um, <laughs> look, I'm not too disappointed today because I was totally expecting it in a way. I don't know if that makes me pe- too much of a pessimist, but <laughs> yeah, it was so bad. So bad. <laughs> um, anyway, coming coming back to cricket. Thank goodness Australia won. For- <laughs> yes, for for people who did not get the reference, it was it was a there's a rugby game in Australia, which is a big one between Queensland and New South Wales. But um, yeah, yeah, which New South Wales lost comfortably, comfortably, well. I would say. Yes, the big time. Um, anyway, coming back to cricket, coming back to cricket, I'll love to get your thoughts on uh, the next point, which is I would love to speak about Usman Kawaja. Yeah. Um, you know he's had his demons in 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 England and this time it certainly looks like he has left those demons behind what a fabulous innings you know he he took his time he pretty much tried you know blocking out all the noise from the outside and and it it paid dividends for him you know absolutely brilliant man. innings I'll enjoy it thoroughly even in the second innings I would say even that second innings from him, you know, that was a major factor in Australia getting to that target. Spot on, man. Um, you know, there was a bit of debate, bit of talk, you know, who should have got the, the man of the match, Pat Cummins. Brilliant in the second innings, of course. But 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 if it wasn't for Kawaja's first innings 100, there wouldn't have been a match for Australia to win. There wouldn't have been a contest. We were in trouble in that first innings and Kawaja stood firm. He played beautifully. And, I was chatting with Dan from um, from our cricket just before the, the the start of the series, and he, he spoke to me about potential weaknesses for for Australia. Um, and he we spoke about the opening partnership, right? Warner, we know about his struggles, and Kawaja struggled as well. But but what Kawaja's done the last sort of eighteen months puts him in a really strong position to uh, perform well in England and overcome his demons, and he played outstandingly well. And 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 you're right, the second innings performance as well like 65 at a strike rate of 32 or 33 might look like oh it's too slow for some people but he held the innings together and it was absolutely vital that he did that and gave Australia a chance 
even though he got out 72 short of the target, he gave us a chance of winning the game. So massive yeah, credit to him. Absolutely. And I think I can't wait to see what he what he goes on to do in the in the rest of the test matches in yeah. the next four test matches. And um it, you know, whatever happens, it will be it will be a really memorable tour for him. Um absolutely. The next point uh, on today's episode, which I want to get your thoughts on, I'm I'm, I'm conscious about talk, you know, talking about this because it is still a bit early in the series. But Steve Smith and Manus, they they haven't, they did not contribute in either of the innings. You know, Manus got out first ball. Um, Australia won despite them not having done any contributions. Have England discovered a major weakness for both of those batsmen? Or is it just a you know a blip on their record for now? Yeah, the way I look at it, and the way I looked at it after the test matches, like we won an Ashes test chasing over two eighty, and Smith and Manus didn't score. So I was, I was looking at it in the positive light, but but yeah, I mean, I think with Manus, he got out identically uh, in both innings, just just playing at one, just outside off stump. He didn't need to. I think he was really keen to feel bad on ball and get into the series, but. When he's at his best, he's leaving the ball really well. And that's what he's probably got to focus on coming into the second test. With Smith, what he 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 squared up and then he also played at one that he, yeah, he could have got closer to in the second innings. I'm not too concerned about them, particularly Smith. He's he's played, just scored a hundred in the World Test Championship final, and he loves playing against England and he'll bounce back. You know, we've got total faith in him that he'll bounce back. It's just a blip. Um but yeah, we do need them to score. We yep, do need absolutely. them to score, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and it's it's you know it it is positive that the other bat- batters are contributing as well. I think David Warner to some extent. He looked okay. As exactly, he wasn't as clueless as he was in two thousand nineteen. You know, he he did a he had a good partnership with with Uzi at the top. You know, sixty odd runs in in the second innings as well. And uh, certainly, it was you know ev- I would definitely say, I would definitely say it was a a, a good team effort from Australia overall. Mm. Certainly, a couple of decisions from from England helped the dropped catch from Ben Stokes at the yeah, end. Yeah, but we'll t- we'll really touch helped. on some of England's decisions as well. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that's that's a perfect segue into that into that topic. You know, what what do you make of those decisions to you know bring on some of the bowlers that he did at the end? You know, Joe Root, for example, not going with Anderson when when needed. Uh, you know, when they had to win the Test match. So it's, yeah, where do you stand on those? The turning point for me was that 83rd over of the chase. Cummins hit root for two sixes, 14 off the over. It got the target under 50, and all of a sudden, squeaky bum time again. Australia are in with a chance, and England got to think, oh, crap, you know, it's sneaking up on us again. Yeah. Um, root did get Kerry out, but Kerry gave his wicket away. If I'm, if, if I'm again, I'm looking at, what would the opposition now? I thought Stokes's captaincy as a whole throughout the test match, for the most part, quite good in terms of wanting to be proactive, making the best use of his resources that he possibly could. I thought England was short on resources at times, but making the best use of his resources that he could. But again, you got to ask the question: What would the opposition rather me not do? So would they would they rather face Joe Root, or would they rather face Anderson and Broad? fading light with a brand new ball with 50 to win 
Yeah. I back Anderson and Broad in that situation personally. Absolutely. But when you bring it down to 25 to win, 20 to win, all of a sudden, a couple of shots here and there, the nerves start creeping in again. The bowlers don't quite hit their lengths. They're maybe rushing a little bit. They're a bit nervous. There's a bit more panic. And, and um, you know, in the end, it doesn't matter how many wickets they've got. They're still humans in the end, and, and the pressure does get to them. Exactly. See, it they does. Have to, they have to keep that in it mind. Does. You it know, does. It does. It varies from person to person. Yes, agreed. But they're still humans and, you know. Um, but you'd rather, it, it, you'd rather give them, well. you'd rather give them 50 to play with than, than 20, Absolutely. 25. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Um, it just allows Cummins in particular to just get settled and get confident and start believing. Um, so I thought, look, it was, it was a, it was a gamble that didn't pay off. Root did get the wicket and the pitch was conducive to turn, but he's not Nathan Lyon. He's not Nathan Lyon when it comes to spin. And the older ball wouldn't be doing as much as the newer one would. So, yeah, and big and decision. That's big decision. That, yeah, that's exactly. They were relying on Moinali, which who hadn't played Test match for so long, and came and bowled like bowled like forty overs, mm. broke his finger. I don't know how that exper- experiment is going to go on for in this series. I don't. There was the bad blister. Yeah, that that's a painful one. Um, that that sort of. Perfect segue into the next point is England's selections. So yep. when we talked about when we were previewing this series last week, I told you and we 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 agreed that England's bowling attack in that Test match looked a bit light. When you go Moeen Ali is your specialist spinner in a four-man attack. Um, when he hasn't bowled in Test matches for, what two years since he retired, barely bowled even in the IPL, and even in that in those games you get four overs max. Yep. So ask him to bowl in a Test match. In an ashes in game. In an ashes, yeah. In an ashes is a big ask. And yeah, look, his finger, because he's not used to the bowling, massive blister, very hard to bowl with that, very painful. And England suffered because of it. Another one is actually leaving Ben Folks out of the team. Now, I know it's difficult to fit him in with how they want to play, but you can leave out one of the top three, in my opinion, and just shuffle around your order and make room for Ben Folks. Because the yep. wicket-keeping position is so important. It's like Besto. He's short on cricket, and you've asked him to come in and keep in a test match, and it's cost you because he missed chances because Absolutely. he's just he's, he's short on cricket. Absolutely. And, and you know, I, I, you're 100% right because I would make room for Ben Fawkes before Wherever you else. can. You've got you to make it work. Absolutely. Absolutely. And... um. You know, I think it it does make for a great spectacle for the rest of the four test matches. Yeah. Uh, the next one starts on twenty eighth. Um, twenty eighth. Going to be we are in for a brilliant, brilliant test series. Right. Probably the best in a long time. Yeah. I hope it's not one sided. Um, oh no! Say, it, it, it Australia, certainly Australia has a leg up. It certainly won't be, and this leads into the last point I thought we could discuss today before we finish. I've had a couple of days to digest it, but even even when the, the, we we hit the winning runs and we won the game, it's like we we won this game. It's outstanding. We take a one nil lead. Now in the twenty first century, only one team has won an Ashes series from one nil down. That's England in two thousand five. Yeah. Every time, every every other series, the team that wins the first test typically goes on wins wins well. Um, but this one, there's a different feel about it. It's very even. You know, and this first test ebbed and flowed and a couple of things go England's way, like the Ben Stokes catch, for example, and they can go on and win. It's that sort of match. Now, this will probably lead me into the captaincy debate about Pat Cummins. Um, 
As a player, no debate. World-class, one of the first picked in our team, amazing. As a captain, I had a little bit of criticism aimed towards him. I was a bit critical of the of the approach in the test match. Now, for me, the approach looked like we're going to sit back here, we're going to be defensive, and we're going to wait for England to make the the, the stuff ups. We're going to make we're going to wait for you to make the mistakes. And England throughout the test match obliged. Now, if England are smart and they've got brains about them, McCullum and Stokes, they're not idiots. They're smart guys. They can say to themselves, hang on a minute. They're willing to sit back, park the bus in football terms. Why don't we go three, four, five and over, not taking too many risks. We can take the odd risk. That's how we play. But go three, four and over, rotate the strike. They're giving us easy singles. Take it all day. Milk the bowling. You get three, four, five and over. You still make big scores in the game. Look, I, I, I completely agree. You know, not agree, but I completely understand what you're saying. I just don't think that's that's as long as Brendan McCullough and Ben Stokes are in the in that top management group, I don't think that's going to happen because that's the entire um that's all their identity, you, isn't it? Yeah. That's the identity, that's the image that they have created over the past twelve months is this is how we are going to play it, deal with it. And and that's I think what's making you can still play attacking. series. You can still play attacking. Absolutely. 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 But, but it's what playing I think the is, percentages more. If you know what I'm saying, yeah. But what I think is that's the the you know the image and the sort of uh, this revolution that that people have called it. <laughs> that's what's making Kevin, this Ashes unpredictable. Yeah, unpredictable. I think. Oh, don't remind, don't tell me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as much as I loved him as a cricketer, he's a he's a shit commentator. <laughs> let's let's just put it out there. Let's just be honest about it. You know, I loved Ricky Ponting Savage. Yeah. Uh, response to him that was absolutely brilliant that was funny um yeah but but coming back i think i don't think that's going to happen i understand what you're saying we just have to deal with the fact that you know we are going to see some weird or unpredictable decisions from england um, so you say it's okay to have a deep point the very first ball and just give easy singles the, for the to a top three for england i'm, not, I'm from- not saying that i'm i'm just saying I'm just I'm saying, saying it, I'm, I'm asking you, is that the right tactic from Australia to say, okay, if England are going to go for the big shots anyway, we may as well protect the boundaries and, and just let their ego get in the way and they'll get themselves Look, out. Look, I think, I think that's the thing. I think if Australia know England's plan, pretty much at this point, the entire world knows England's plan. Yeah. And if that's the having, for example, a deep point from the get go is a way to that. counter it. I hate you know, that. Oh. I, I, look, honestly, I don't mind it. Um, because if that's the way to cater this, if that's the way to counter this, yeah. Um, yeah, you I know, what's it. the harm harm in it? Because you know, we have seen in the past series that if you don't have that deep point, for example, just speaking out of example, um, the ball is more often than not going to go to that area because we have seen that you know these England batters don't miss; they'll get those runs you know, one way or the other. So why not just counter that with having that deep point? I don't mind it. As long as the ball is bowled to that plan and um, the everyone, all the 11 players that are on the field are on the same page and the ball is in particular. The issue I got with it is, so a lot of the, the runs that England scored in that region weren't actually big shots. It's actually they're getting off strike. 
the late great Shane Warne, right, what made him so great was his mindset. He said that he'd rather concede a boundary than a single. He hated giving singles away because it just didn't let him get into a rhythm. Now I thought at the but is I, that I, is that sorry so just to just to argue yeah. that, sorry just to argue that is that because the deep point was there they 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 did not go for the big shots. What do you mean England? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so mean even even what, even, what are you no, saying? No, I get what you're no, saying. Say there was a good ball bowled, right? There was a number of good deliveries bowled, but England would still be able to score off them because the fielders were back, including that deep point. An example I've got is Joe Root in the first innings. So, you know, there's an opportunity, we, we, the best chance, the best time and your best opportunity to get Joe Root out is when he's on zero, okay? It's, it's the case with everyone, you know, but, yep. but particularly Joe Root, their best player, you've got to try get him early because we know how good he is. If you don't get him early, he'll punish you. Now, we just let him get off the mark with very easy singles through point. Now, I'd rather you try stop the single if he if he hits, make him hit through the gap, make him hit a good shot to get his runs. But if you're giving him easy singles, you let him get into his innings, and then he's off and running, and he end up getting a hundred. Now my issue is that I've got. I understand putting fielders back on the boundary is okay, okay, but you've got to at least try first to build pressure on the batsman when he's on zero. Not go straight away and put fielders back on the boundary and let him get off easily. Another thing I've got is the tactic of just waiting for the mistakes from the England batsman. That's a risk because that's not always going to come off. So I'd yeah. like to see Australia just be a little bit more proactive and try be a little bit more attacking early on at least to try get earlier wickets. Because there's going to be some days where England it all comes off for them and they don't make a lot of mistakes and we're yeah, in the yeah, field for yeah. a long time where we can see the big total. It's, the law of averages suggests that if you're relying on mistakes in test cricket, it's going to come back to bite you potentially. So that's one concern that I have. That's one reason why I believe this series is far from over and that we have to play well at Lords to, to yep. keep um, England away. Look, I think I think keeping keeping the time in mind for today's episode. Sorry, I've gone I'm on still, a complete uh, rant. <laughs> that's 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 completely fine. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Um that was passionate. Yeah. Um I think I'm still backing Australia to win win this three two, you know, pending yeah. any rain delays or any any rain um curtailed games but i mm. think i'm still backing australia with you know the way they played in the first innings the way they came back in the first test match sorry yep <laughs> it was really fun to watch it's really exciting to watch this mm. cricket um i'm just i'm just excited test grids awesome. i can't wait back. can't wait for next wednesday man i can't wait and it yeah. has the makings of a two all that's what was my prediction at the start <laughs> of the series 2-2 two, two. and if if the first test is anything to go by we're going to get we're going to get some rain but we're also going to get some amazing cricket so fingers crossed australia can do it man i'm i'm really absolutely hopeful. absolutely and we'll be here uh, talking about it after the after the second test match again and look forward to a positive result in australia's favor hope so Thanks, everyone, for yeah. listening um, and also watching on YouTube. Uh, yep, you can follow us on at CrickBlogPod on Instagram and Twitter. So do check us out there. Thanks, Nash. Have a good one, mate. Thank you. Thank you, Shabir.